What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Grip Fitness and Performance Podcast. I am your host, Chris Sanchez, and today we're doing something a little bit different. So instead of just a random podcast episode where I talk about something health-related that will benefit you in some way, we're going to do the same thing, but this is going to be the first episode of a six-part series about fitness, myths, common misconceptions, and basically things that just, you know, people hear, uh, whether it be through the internet or any sort of media outlet um, that they perceive to be true because a lot of people just perceive it to be that way, but it's actually not. Um, So we're going to bust up some myths and hopefully clarify some truths um, versus lies in this six-part series. So there's going to be five myths in every single episode, and we'll cover all of those um, as we go along. And of course, if anyone has one that they want to hear um, about in particular, feel free to let us know via our website or on any one of our social media platforms. But I've already got a list of 30, but you know, if you want to hear a specific one, just let me know and I'll talk about that one. So these myths are in no particular order um, or, you know, the I'm talking about, you know, the first five or the biggest lies in the industry or anything like that. Just literally just random order. So don't look too deep into what we talk about. Um, but that doesn't make, you know, any one of them less important than, um, you know, one of the other ones. So let's dive right into it with health and fitness myth numero uno. And we're going to lead off and talk about spot reduction. If you don't know what spot reduction is, it's basically the belief that you can create fat loss in one particular area of your body by working that area nonstop. Example, Susan has love handles. Susan hates her love handles. So, Susan reads that her obliques and her lower back are part of the area where love handles typically present themselves. So she reads what the obliques do and their muscle functions, which is basically just rotate and bend your, you know, low back and rib cage from side to side. So she does a bunch of Russian twists and side bends and twisty do's and all these things that make her oblique super sore. And after three months, her love handles are still there. What the fuck is going on? Susan thinks to herself. Well, I got some news for you, Susie Q. Fat loss is largely determined by your genetics. So if you're not happy with where you're losing fat and you're unhappy with the way your body looks, um, I suggest you get out a pad of paper and a pen and you write a very angry letter to your parents letting them know how dissatisfied you are with the shitty genes that they gave you. Um, Other than that, there's really not a whole lot you can do about where your body chooses to burn fat when it does burn fat. It's going to take fat from wherever the hell it wants to. Not a whole lot you can do about it. So your best bet is to adhere by just the general fat loss principles and protocols 
and uh, learn to be happy with the hand that you were dealt. Um, so I'll, I'll use myself for uh, as an example. So I tend to carry a lot of body fat, um, well, well, in my love handle area for the most part. Uh, and no matter what I do, it's just always a, a trouble area for me. And um, I've always noticed it. And, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So the only thing that I actually do about it is I make sure that when I'm trying to lose fat or kind of maintain any sort of leanness, I make sure that I'm in a calorie deficit. So you can't lose fat unless you are in a calorie deficit. What is a calorie deficit? That's a great question. Calorie deficit means that you are consuming less calories than what is needed to maintain your current body weight. Example, Mike needs 2,000 calories to maintain his 160-pound frame. If Mike eats 1,800 calories for an extended period of time, he'll lose weight. He's in a calorie deficit. So you need to, if you are looking to spot reduce or lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. There is no way around that one. No calorie deficit means no fat loss for you. The second thing you need to do is you need to prioritize strength training that focuses on compound movements. Compound movements are basically just the multi-joint exercises, the big bang for your buck exercises that you do in a workout um, like your deadlift, your squat, your push-ups, your rows, your chin-ups, your farmer's walks, the exercises that work multiple joints at once because multiple joints working means multiple muscles are working. When multiple muscles work, you burn a lot of calories. A deadlift is going to burn way more calories than a bicep curl because you have basically your entire body working during a deadlift, whereas when you do a bicep curl, you're working your bicep. Simple, straightforward. Calorie deficit, strength train, focusing on compound movements, and just move a little bit more. Get you 10,000 steps per day. This strategy will lead to overall fat loss, which will help you reduce the fat in your target areas. Another thing that you can do is whatever problem area you're not happy with, try to build up muscle in that area and then try to work on decreasing your body fat. When you build up muscle, you give the appearance, the appearance, the appearance, you know, that everyone is looking for, the curves, the muscles, the the bulges or whatever, and then when you decrease fat around that area, it tends to look a lot better than uh before. So we'll stick with the love handle area. So if you spend some time kind of building up your obliques via side planks and suitcase carries and kind of any offset loading um, type work where you have to really brace to prevent any movement of the spine, um, that will work your obliques. It'll build up some muscle and you'll hopefully look a little bit better. Um, But again, I think the key point here is just Be happy with the hand that you were dealt. Too many people are comparing themselves to these Instagram models and these fitness people on the internet, and um, they're just unhappy with themselves, and they're constantly comparing themselves to someone who's bigger, better, leaner, sexier, whatever it may be. Just stop. Just learn how to be happy with yourselves, damn it. Like, too many people are unhappy now these days um, for the dumbest reasons on the planet. Just 
be happy that you're here and whatever mom and dad gave you in terms of genetic, you know, just, just be happy with it. Okay. Next up myth. Number two, fat is bad. Fat makes you fat. I sound logic, right? You eat fat. You, ugh. did you hear that? My, my Amazon Alexa just picked up something that I said. I didn't say anything. I swear these devices are listening to you all the time. They're not here to help you. They're spying on you. And um, that's just my two cents. Anyway, fat is bad. Fat makes you fat. So the logic behind that, pretty sound. Um, at least they thought so in the early 90s. If you eat a ton of fat, you will get fat. Makes sense, right? Well, that's what all these big food corporations and companies thought in the early 90s. And the, uh, the, the low-fat trend was um, kind of came about because of this belief. And a lot of people, we just we didn't know any better back then. So these food companies, they, they cut out the fat in a lot of their popular foods, and low-fat became a trend. But it kind of backfired on them for a number of reasons. So number one, Fat is the vehicle in which flavor travels. So when you take all the fat out of your product, your food product, it no longer tastes good. When something doesn't taste good, it doesn't sell good, and companies don't like that. They like money in their pockets. I don't know if you knew this, but Pepsi and uh, General Mills and um, all these huge brands, they like money. They like money more than anything in the world. They would probably kill a small child if it meant uh, making more money. So what do they do? You rob all, you know, you take all the fat out of the food. It has no flavor. They can't sell it. So they have to replace it with something that's very palatable for Americans. What's extremely palatable to almost everyone on the planet? I'll tell you what, sugar. So they put all the sugar in these foods and the low fat food was now replaced with a lot of sugar because sugar tastes fantastic. And all the problems were solved, except they weren't. The nation, America, actually got fatter, and it's continuing to get fatter every single year that basically passes from here on out. So was the low-fat trend and kind of you know the increased sugar in our food a reason why America is so fat? Possibly. I would be willing to bet it is a big contributing factor. Um, of course, there's no definitive proof to that, but since then, we've actually learned that fat is actually beneficial for you. So the good fats, the monounsaturated fats that you find in foods like avocados, nuts, fatty fish, seeds, nut butters, um, those have been proven to be beneficial for your health. Eating these foods and including them in your diet has been proven to help improve your overall heart health, decrease your cholesterol levels, Increase your good cholesterol levels. Um, helps you better absorb vitamins and minerals in your diet. It helps promote more fat burning. I know, what a crazy idea. Eat more fat and burn more fat? Who would have thunk? It can also help curb cravings. So um, it can help keep you fuller for longer, which might help you say no to the sweet treats and desserts that are in your office. Um 
it can help improve the cell membrane health in your body because a lot of cells, if not all of them in your body, the membranes, the thing that kind of surround the cells and keep all the bad stuff out and the good stuff in, are made predominantly of fat. So including these in your diets has been known to promote cellular, Jesus, cellular membrane health. Um, it can help decrease inflammation, which if you have chronic levels of inflammation, that has been shown uh, and proven to lead to chronic disease and just overall crappy health. So eat up. Fat is not bad. Fat does not make you fat. Well, let me clarify. Anything makes you fat if you eat too much of it. But the notion that if you eat just a little bit of fat, it'll make you fat, that's a crock of bullshit. That it's not true at all. So don't be afraid to eat your healthy fats. Uh, matter of fact, now high-fat diets are seemingly all the rage in America. We've come full circle on that one. Um, I'm sure some of you and all of you know at least one person who has seen success on the ketogenic diet, which is a very high-fat, very low-carb um, variety of a diet that seems to work uh, well for a lot of people. Um but uh, don't be afraid of fats anymore. It's been proven that that's not an issue. Number tres, foam rolling will solve all of your problems. So you have knee pain, foam roll. Your hip is hurting, foam roll. You have um, bunions on your foot, foam roll. You are late on your mortgage payment, foam roll. You're ugly. Foam roll. That was pretty much the recommendation by any and all trainers in the last 10 years. If you have a problem, foam roller to the rescue. Now, it kind of seems like I'm headed in a negative direction for foam rolling, but let me clarify that I, as well as all the coaches and clients at Grit Fitness and Performance, my business, are huge proponents of foam rolling because it does work for a vast majority of people. It'll help make them feel better, it'll help get rid of those nagging pains, and it will help improve mobility for a large percentage of the population. Why does it work? Well, to be completely honest, no one knows for sure. No one knows 100% why. Some people believe that it helps decrease neural tone, meaning that it basically sends a message to your brain to, you know, tell certain muscles to relax, chill out. Why are you so tight, bro? Like, calm down. Some people believe that it helps break up fascial adhesions. So basically, um, you know, your, your, your muscles are enveloped in this... Um, kind of layer of, I don't want to call it skin, but if you've ever cut up a raw chicken breast, you can see how there's like a clear film around the outside of it, and it's very hard to kind of cut through. Your muscles are enveloped in the same thing, and, you know, it's a belief that sometimes that kind of layer of whatever you want to call it kind of gets stuck to the adjacent uh, fascia and it you know sticks and causes pain and whatnot. Uh, and foam rolling can kind of help break that up. Whatever reason it may be, no one knows for for sure why it works, but it does work. But here's the thing: if foam rolling hasn't fixed your particular issue, let's just say knee pain, 
If foam rolling hasn't fixed your knee pain within a few weeks and you've been doing it very consistently, like every day, foam rolling probably won't help your knee pain. You probably have something else going on in the body that foam rolling probably just can't solve. Um, There's an underlying issue that you need to solve and it has nothing to do with soft tissue manipulation. So maybe you have an alignment issue. Maybe your joints are in a funky position um, 24-7 and it's causing that knee pain. So for for an example, knee pain, maybe maybe your foot is... is uh, is pronated so your ankle rolls inward maybe you've got flat feet so when that happens your 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 tibia and your femur are internally rotated so your kneecap um rotates inward um, which could kind of inhibit or shut off some of the glute muscles which can affect how um, the adjacent muscles work which can you know adjust how you're feeling and any pain um so so maybe your joints are just in a funky position 24 7 and uh, that's causing some pain. Foam rolling can't really help with that. You might have to go see a physical therapist to help strengthen some muscles to kind of realign those joints to get that knee out of pain. Uh, maybe you have some protective tension going on in the body, and foam rolling can provide a very short and brief sense of relief of that pain, but it automatically comes uh, right back. So an example of this is muscle A is tight, um, because muscle B is weak. So muscle A has to compensate for muscle B because it's not doing its job. So your brain, because it's really smart, will kind of automatically kick in with some protective tension to not let you get even more hurt. A common example of this is tight hamstrings. People think they have tight hamstrings all the time and they stretch and they foam roll and they stretch and they foam roll and you know it feels better for five minutes and then right away. It's uh, back to being tight again. Well, maybe your hamstrings are tight all the time because your butt is weak and your hamstrings are trying to, in, a, in essence, make up for the slack that your glutes are not kind of doing in the first pace. Um, so, so you might have some of that going on. Um, but a good saying is if foam rolling hasn't fixed it yet, it probably never will. So if you're one of these people who puts on some slow R&B music and lights some candles and spends like 20 minutes making love to your foam roller every time you go to work out and it just never seems to get any better and you're like, you know, foam rolling has become like your cup of coffee in the morning. Like, don't talk to me until I've had my foam roller. That's a problem. Um, if foam rolling hasn't fixed it yet, it probably never will. Seek a second opinion of someone who's a lot smarter than you and me and get that shit fixed. Next up, you need awesome and expensive equipment to have an incredible workout. So let let me start off by saying this. New and awesome equipment can absolutely make your workouts very fun. It can create a... A, uh, different possibilities um, of what you're able to do. It can make uh, certain exercises more convenient and make them feel better. For example, if you have a cable stack versus a band, cable stacks tend to be much more fluid and smooth throughout the entire range of motion, whereas bands get tighter and tighter the more that you pull them, which can actually make certain exercises quite awkward. Um, So 
yeah, equipment is fantastic. Who wouldn't want, you know, a just a plethora of new, brand new, exciting equipment? Of course, that's going to enhance your workout. Like, I'd be lying to you if I said that it's not beneficial in certain ways. Now, is it absolutely necessary to get a good workout? Fuck no. Um, your muscles don't know the difference between a rusty 25-pound kettlebell and a brand-new gold-plated diamond-encrusted kettlebell. 25 pounds is 25 pounds. So the way I like to view equipment is fancy equipment is like heated seats in your car. Is it nice to have? Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't like getting into a car in the middle of January at 6 a.m. on your way to work and you got those nice, warm, you know, heated seats just warming up your glutes, feeling good on your way to work? It's a luxury. Will you survive without them? Yeah, absolutely. Is it cool to have them? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not necessary to see success or uh, make progress with your workout. Now, if you meet anyone who says that equipment should be the main reason you join a facility uh, because you won't see the same amount of results without them, uh, do this, pivot 90 degrees, um, and run as fast as you can from that person because they're just after your money. That's a God's honest truth. Um, you can see plenty of results with a single kettlebell, maybe two kettlebells, a medium and a heavy one, and two dumbbells. There are countless varieties of workouts that you can do as long as you follow the staples of good training, which is squat, hinge, lunge, or any type of single leg work, push, pull, carry, sprint, throw, jump. You can do all those things with the crappiest of equipment and still see results. You do not need $15,000 treadmills. You do not need um, these super GPS tracking um, weighted vests with dumbbells with rockets coming out of them that, you know, celebrate every time you get a PR. No, your body's smart, but it's not that smart, Okay. Dumbbells are dumbbells, kettlebells are kettlebells, uh, a pound is a pound, uh, no matter what you're lifting or how you're doing it. Um, so, like I said, it's a luxury. It makes things nice. Sure, is it absolutely necessary for you to see results? Hell no. <clears throat> okay, next one. Exercise should be the number one priority for you when you're looking to lose fat. I feel like this is a big misconception um, for a lot of people. A lot of people, they'll see themselves in the mirror and they're looking extra marshmallowy and they don't like the way they look. So what's the first thing they do? They grab their running shoes and they go for a run and they feel better about themselves because they exercised and something is better than nothing. Kudos to you. I'm not going to knock that person. But is exercise absolutely the first thing you should focus on when it comes to fat loss? No. It is not, and let me tell you why. So, let's say you train for one hour every single day, and it's a pretty decent workout every single time. You break a sweat, and you feel good, and you're sore the next day, hard training seven days a week. Is that gonna be beneficial? Yup, 
but how many hours are there in a week? Anyone, anyone, 24 times seven, anyone can do that off the top of their head right now? 168. There's 168 hours in a week. So if you work out one hour per day, that's seven hours. Seven hours out of a possible 168 in a given week. That comes out to about 4%. 4% of your week was spent training. Do you think that there's a possibility that in the other 96% of your week, you can screw up that progress that you made by training, whether it's not getting enough sleep, whether it's overeating, whether it's letting your unmanaged stress levels get out of control. Um, yeah, it's very possible and it happens all the time. So I'm here to tell you that exercise needs to take a back seat when it comes to your priorities for fat loss. What should be the number one priority, you ask? Well, what do you spend the most time doing in a given week? I hope the answer is sleeping. If it's not, you've got problems. You should be sleeping seven, eight, maybe nine hours every single night. Um, and that equates to an eight-to-one ratio of time you spend sleeping to training. Uh, just based on numbers, that's more important because you spend more time doing it. So when you sleep well, everything else goes well as well. When you don't sleep well, everything else does not go well. Uh, when you have decreased sleep levels, you have a increased chance for your hormones to get uh, completely flipped, turned upside down. Um, the hormones that keep you full, they, uh, they're all wacky. The hormones that make you hungry, they're all wacky. So that can affect how you eat. It can affect uh, cravings that you may have. As a matter of fact, it's estimated that people who don't sleep well on a regular basis consistently eat an extra three to 500 calories every single day. Now, if you remember back to the point that I told you way back when, what's necessary for fat loss? If you said calorie deficit, good job. Give yourself a cookie. Um, so if your sleep is screwed up, you have an increased chance to basically be in a calorie surplus without even really knowing it. Your body is just kind of in self-sabotage mode and you don't even know it. Um, so when you're kind of in that vicious cycle of sleeping poorly, eating poorly, not managing your stress the way you should be. Um, a lot of people just think, oh, well, I need to work out harder because I'm not seeing the results I need to. And I'll let you know right now, you can't out-train a bad diet. And I'll say that again because it's that important. You, podcast listener, yes, you, cannot out-train a shitty diet. A shitty diet will wreck you, okay? So you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You can't out-train a bad diet. So... Number one priority for fat loss should be sleep, should be diet, should be stress management. It should be all of those lifestyle factors. Then you should prioritize exercising. Now, don't get me wrong. Exercising is a very, very big proponent of fat loss. But in the grand scheme of things, for a lot of people, it's just not the number one priority that they need to address, especially in today's society where food is hyper palatable, meaning it's super, super delicious um, and it's readily available. And we live in a society that kind of demonizes sleep where if you, you know, 
get less sleep and work harder, you're seemingly more successful, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, so j- just realize exercise usually, usually not the number one priority for fat loss uh, for a lot of people. And there you have it. Those are the five myths that are debunked today. So let's go over them again real quick. Spot reduction, not possible. Just be happy what mom and dad gave you and work on overall fat loss. Fat is bad. No, it's not. Fat is good. Embrace fat. Just don't eat too much of it. Foam rolling will solve all of your issues. It will solve some of them. It will not solve all of them. So if uh, if you still got an issue going on after weeks of foam rolling, go see a specialist. Um, awesome equipment is needed for awesome results. No, it's not. If anyone tells you differently, they're an ass bag and you should run away from them. And number five, exercise should be the number one priority for fat loss. Negative sleep, diet, stress management, and overall just kind of activity throughout the day should be the priority for fat loss. And there you have it. Next episode, we'll debunk another five. So if you liked this episode, per usual, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. A rating, a written review would be fantastic. If you want more information on this stuff, visit our website at gritfitnessandperformance.com. Follow us on social media and slide into our DMs, why don't you, at gritness of uh, grit, gritness, at gritfitnessandperformance.com. And um, it'll probably be next week or two weeks before we get into the next five myths. So keep an eye out for it. Catch you guys later.